Good morning. Uh, uh. <laughs> cute little, cute little sounds over there happening with that new little jingle. I gotta say, I'm a fan. I just rolled out of bed, so this is me fixing my hair. And you know what? You know what, guys? Like two weeks ago, maybe now, maybe a week and a half ago, um, Sean sent me this clip from a Joe Rogan experience, and I think it was the one with. Tom Segura, maybe, and he's like, yo, you shouldn't be talking shit first thing in the morning when you're just having your first coffee. You sound like a retard, or or I think that was the basic premise that he was getting at, and you know what? Mr. Rogan, I disagree. Um, Of course, because our situations are different, and you're actually a respected podcaster, broadcaster person, you know what I mean? But for me... The internet is a place where I can dump all my stupid because I just give zero fucks about what anybody on the internet has to say. I mean, what is there to be afraid of, right? Everybody on the internet, to me, especially YouTube, especially YouTube, everybody's a ghost. So what, what is the fear of like saying stupid shit or sharing thoughts that are not particularly valuable? I don't know, dog, but what I do know is that I'm not really worried about ghosts. Can't be afraid of what you don't believe in. And when you don't believe there's really people behind the icons. I mean, kind of to some degree, right? When you, when you get the nice, the nice comments, you're like, oh, you're kind of human. That's cool. Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's what happens in my head when someone leaves a nice comment. Oh, thanks. Look, someone's actually being nice. But just, you know, just like a bad comment on YouTube, you just have to, you can't really think too much on it. I mean, it is nice when people are like, hey, girl, hey, you haven't been around, miss you. Like, why aren't you talking very much? Well, you know, because I don't feel like it or, you know, because sometimes you just you just don't or you get real fucking sick or whatever. And then it's like. What am I supposed to do? I'm not going to talk. Sometimes I just don't have stuff to say. And you know what? I don't like the idea of forcing myself to talk about things when I don't have much to say about them. Sometimes you need time to think and be away. But also, when it's morning time, my thoughts aren't exactly optimal, right? I'm not like mentally lubed up enough where I am providing good entertainment. But I'm not here to entertain. I'm here for purely selfish reasons. I like talking. You like listening. That might be why you're here. I don't know. Doesn't fucking matter. I'm sitting in the dark here. All right? I'm sitting in the dark with my own thoughts, trying to work out my own shit, and just having a cup of coffee, which I will now have a sip of. Mm. Yeah, you know, like... For me, it's really nice to get the stupid shit out in the morning whenever I do do this regularly. I find if I do it too regularly, it just starts to get vapid and kind of boring. And it's like, okay, I don't I don't really want to talk about me all the time. I want to talk about what I'm interested in talking about, which is human interfacing, interaction. And even more so now, now that we've had it taken away, I'm hoping that there will be a point where people will be like, yo, maybe I should really consider 
the way that I talk to people and the way that I engage in relationships and the way that I treat people and who I respect and don't respect so I can get the people I don't respect the fuck away from me so I don't end up treating them poorly on purpose and get the people that I like near me. But uh, sometimes I feel like that's, that's far too advanced for people to actually consider. People just get comfortable and then they don't give a fuck. They just want to do what's perfunctory, you know, what requires the minimal amount of effort just to keep things running good enough. I, I've termed these people just enoughs because that's what they are. They'll do just enough to keep you around. They'll do just enough so that they're not lonely or they're not miserable. But other than that, they're not going to do anymore. And you know what? For a lot of us, it fucking works. You know what? You know what? You know what? I've been saying that shit a lot for some reason. It's like I need to... I'm talking to myself, motherfuckers. Just remember, okay? There's no audience here. This is pretend. This is not real. This is not happening. Just talking to myself. Just talking to me. Just sitting in my living room talking to myself. No complaints. I fucking, lo- I fucking love it so much. <laughs> that is, um, pe- people don't even understand sometimes when I say things weird, but I get a personal satisfaction, if you are even listening, from when I, I steal other people's little things that I think are funny. That was Dan Soder. Um, it was really funny. On the bonfire, somebody had found a porn, and the guy in the porn sounded exactly like Dan Soder, and he goes, I fucking love it. <laughs> so every time I want to say I love it now, that just pops into my head. So now I have to say I, have to, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. And he does it too. It's cute. He's very cute, Dan Soder. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was thinking about this other thing too, is like um, in the last episode you know, I drop names, I mention things that have just been kind of floating around my brain that I haven't really gotten a chance to talk about or whatever. Because at this point, it's way past the time. But I started to realize, right, that there are people who were in my life that are always going to have a value there. And that value is not emotional, which is what I think a lot of people confuse it for. (coughs) My goodness. The the value that people who were in your life, they will always provide you with a social value. And just because you talk about those people or talk about that person, it doesn't necessarily mean there's always emotion attached. There are social interactions you've had with that person and experiences you've had with that person that now convert from any emotional value to social value because they provide you with examples to be able to work out the way that you're interfacing with other human beings. And so it's not weird to me, and I think it's weird how other people think it's weird, that you bring up shit from the past if you're discussing something in a matter-of-fact way. Like, no, bitch. I'm just talking about something that happened to me. This happened to be the person this shit happened with, so I'm gonna fucking talk about it like it's not some big, mysterious, weird, scary thing, because why wouldn't I? Because this is what happened. So can we just talk about it and use it as an example without creating some weird big thing around it? No, people are fucked. That is my conclusion. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, you're difficult to communicate with. You don't want to fucking talk. You think everybody else is the fucking problem. <laughs> Irony right here. But really though, 
I find it so difficult. It's like when, when you're here to talk to someone, when you're available and trying to have the difficult discussion, when you're trying to maintain your emotions and not get crazy. And you know what? Generally, I, I admit when I get crazy and I do get crazy, but when I don't get crazy and someone's getting crazy at me and then I don't even get the fucking opportunity to talk, it gets frustrating over time, you know? Then you come on here and you yell into the microphone because nobody fucking listens, so why not just continue talking to nobody and just talk into a fucking microphone? Maybe somebody will hear and understand and connect. And give me that two seconds of, hey, Amy, you're right. And then I'll be like, whatever, your comment doesn't even fucking matter because I don't know you. We're not friends. We're probably never going to meet. I'm never going to talk to you. You're never going to reach out. I'm never going to reach out to you. Who the fuck knows? <clears throat> it's kind of a nice thing to be acclimated to, to being alone. I'm so happy for that. I love living alone. I like being alone. I don't like people who waste my time and take advantage of my time and disrespect me by fucking with my time, okay? There are like a million things in this life that I like to do and enjoy, and the last fucking thing that I need, the last thing that I need is someone coming up in here and draining my shit, but I want to laugh and I want to solve problems, and if those are things you cannot do because you still cannot manage your fucking emotions when necessary, I don't want to hear from you. It's very simple. If there's two people in a problem and one person is trying to paint it as it's all one person's fault, it takes two to tango, friends. Imaginary friends, ghosts, boo. Boo, who are you? Where are you? What are you? Are you okay? You doing okay over there? You doing okay? I hope you're doing okay. <coughs> I'm hoping that whatever I had, I actually have to call the nurse's line today. It has been such a hell, hell storm. Absolutely, totally thunder, lightning, hell storm. Trying to get a hold of anybody at 811, which is the COVID line, because I want to ask them if I need to get tested before I go back to work in a few days. I mean, I don't know. It could have been the regular flu. No, I'm saying it could have been the regular flu and I, I don't know what the deal is and I don't know if I can still pass it if it wasn't but the good thing is if it was corona that I got I've I survived that's kind of cool because <laughs> that first few fucking days man where you're like Am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Like, I can't breathe. This fever is so ridiculous. And it, it goes like this. It's like wavy. It's wavy, baby. It don't even work like a regular flu. It's not like you're consistent. I woke up one day in the morning and I was feeling fine. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, I think I've made it through. And it was like day four. And then as the day continued on, I just got so exhausted. I fell asleep on the couch, which, by the way, I have the worst couches of fucking life. They're so uncomfortable. They're just, they look all right. You know what I mean? So I'm going to need to replace these bitches. But anyway, yeah, I, I fell asleep on the couch for I don't know how many hours. It felt like two days. I think it was. I fell asleep during like the afternoon and I woke up the next day, like close to the evening, and it, it was so gross. You know, you like wake up, you even showered. You're like, ew, I'm such a piece of shit. 
I don't, try not to give myself too much shit, obviously, because I was sick. But, you know, you just, it feels so gross. And then it makes you feel worse. But when I woke up after that two days, <coughs> I still had, um, I still had a bit of a, a fever. It wasn't as bad. And uh, my throat was not hurting anymore. And I was like, yay, great. Took a shower. And then I was up late because I had slept all those hours. And then my throat started hurting again. And I was just like, hey, hey, come on, <laughs> you know, this is crazy time, crazy time, crazy, crazy, crazy time, so yeah, that's what's up, I have refused to watch the news, I'm still gonna keep not watching the news, I feel a lot better being totally disconnected from that world. I've been fairly disconnected from the internet. Um, I've been trying to work on like my own little projects, keeping busy and doing stuff. And, you know, it's been kind of fun. I like it. I like creating things. I'm at genetic dead end and I'm not going to make fucking babies. But you know what I will make? M music. M -m -m music. And I've been drawing again, and ah, that shit feels real good, real good. So, that's a thing. And that's a great way to take advantage of this whole pandemic thing, right? Like, find things that you like to do creatively, because otherwise you're going to get bored real fast. And, um, oh, I've been, like, watching things, too. All right, guys, let me give you the fucking recommendations, all right? All right, baby boy. Let me recap. Let me see if I can remember what we've talked, what I've talked about, what we've talked about. Look, I, even in my mind, I'm like pretending you're here, but you're not here. And I know that. OK, um, <coughs> what did I talk about? I talked about not sharing your thoughts in the morning. Can I wrap up that thought? I disagree, obviously. I think mainly because I don't really care to look stupid. Stupid is fine with me. I like getting the stupid shit out in the morning because then during the day, I'm not thinking about the stupid shit that I talked about in the morning. And if it's actually something profound or worth thinking about, maybe I will at a later time or with someone else while I talk to them. But yeah. And uh, oh yeah, internet people are ghosts. That's one thing that's super important. To, it's super important to remember. It's super important to remember that you're just dealing with phantoms. You know what I mean? Like the, the internet is a great place for people to hide and just be negative cunts. That is mostly what you see if you're on YouTube. I mean, not on Instagram so much. People on Instagram are very positive. It's weird how it's kind of split, right? Like so on, on Instagram, most of the commenting you'll get is very positive. I did have a sock account come at me with all this negative shit once. It was the funniest thing. Um, I have an idea of who that might have been just because they were also sending me emails with sock accounts because sociopaths run rampant on the internet and it's a great place for them because they can pretend to be different characters as, as crazy as their brain is and then they can go and put the blame on whatever that fucking icon is, you know what I mean? So I was getting a lot of that shit. That was one time, one time on Instagram that I got that and I was like, hmm, interesting. That doesn't happen often. Facebook, I left ages ago. I have a friend update it for me now because I'm lucky and I have I have people like that who will do me those solids and uh, handle some business for me. 
you know. Um, and then Twitter, no, I, I won't have Twitter. Also, I kind of like it. I kind of like being away from those places where everybody kind of gets cunty because when there's that much cunty negative shitty energy around and you get sucked into that that says more about you than it does about anybody else I mean it says something about them too but you know check yourself it's fun to be engaged but at what cost you know what I mean it warps your fucking brain out but that was what topic I think I just started an entirely new thing This is why I need to organize my thoughts and have a place for stupid shit. Because stupid is stupid. Okay, internet people are ghosts. Yeah, you can't be afraid of what you don't believe in. And I don't believe in ghosts, motherfucker. But I will tell you, I appreciate your positive comments. Um, I went through my hidden user list and I unhid a shit ton of people. And, uh, you know, cause everything should be open for comments. You want to leave a comment, you leave a comment, you go for it. You fucking go for it. Leave a like, leave a dislike. It don't matter. Go right ahead. I am here for you. I'm here to hear you out. I know there's going to be a lot of salty, angry bitches who are stuck at home with themselves. And you know what your fucking problem is, bitch? You just don't like yourself. Here's another side tangent rant. But if you don't like yourself and you're stuck in this quarantine, oh man, I am so sorry for you. You're going to have a rough time trying to distract yourself and easily getting bored because there just isn't enough to satiate you because you are not enough for you, my friend. You are not enough for you. And if you don't like hanging out with yourself, you're going to have a tough ass time. And then there's people who are, there's two of those people stuck in one fucking house can you imagine being stuck in a house with someone that you've been telling yourself you're cool with and then over time you just slowly begin to realize you fucking can't stand this person maybe you could have if five years ago you actually started talking and maybe working on your relationship or your roommate ship or whatever it is you got going over there but too fucking late now now you're stuck in a fucking box during a pandemic, which is going to be here indefinitely, as far as I'm concerned. Nobody knows anything. They're working on it. It takes a lot of time to acquire information. I think it's ridiculous that people expect answers right away. We're so fucking used to this, like, instant gratification fucking world that we live in. I want it. Oh, here, you can have this now. And if you don't have it now, you can have this thing that helps you get it now. There's no work. Nobody wants to do work to get fucking anything. They just think that, hey, I'm here. I'm here now. Shouldn't things just work out? Shouldn't it just be good? Shouldn't we just like be friends? Shouldn't shouldn't things just like, yes, I'm like so touching my hair because it's so fucking soft and I, I love it. <laughs> I love my hair. So sue me. It's like, look at that shit. It's so shiny. You know, I always, uh, I really appreciate having great hair it's gotta suck not having hair but i guess right now for people if you're like bald or if you got short hair lucky you right because you can just bake your head off and you don't have to worry about getting a haircut all the haircut places are closed i had to order a wax pot because i can't get my eyebrows done you know like this is my pampering is going to get this monstrosity 
done and getting all my face lasered and stuff. As an Indian chick, I promise you just cannot take chances. You have to start getting this stuff done early because you've seen them. You've seen old Indian ladies that have goatee hair and shit. And I have like one or two that are popping up now and I'm like, fuck. So I've been getting it lasered forever. And if I wasn't getting it lasered, can you imagine? I'd probably have like a full on straight up beard. I hate that shit. I hate it. I get rid of all of this. So I can't wait to get my wax pot and just go. Make it go away. Make it go away. Because it's fucking gross. (laughs) I'm pretty comfortable with the things that make me super insecure. But anyways, I was going to talk about stuff that I've watched that I think you should probably check out as well if you haven't. Because if you need a good time, if you need to pass time, I had to write a list because I forget because my memory is absolute garbage, guys. Okay, but uh, the first thing that I watched actually on Netflix, um, I think it was the first day that I stayed home, was the Kennedy Center Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. Dave Chappelle won. And uh, it was a nice little presentation they did, and they awarded him, and, like, his friends came out and talked and stuff, and, you know, I I found that super inspiring. Like, after I watched that, I was like, man, I really want to do something creative. Like, I should not waste my time, you know, if, if I'm at home as much as I can when I'm not passed out involuntarily. <laughs> I should try and do some things, because it's, you know, he is the type of person that you hear about that I'm like, oh, I want to be like that. Everybody who talks about him is like, he treats everybody the same. He's such a nice guy. Like, he's just a curious, open-minded, very generous person and open-hearted. And I'm like, that's so fucking dope. You know, you hear someone like that and you see him interact with people. He's cool with everybody. That's what I aspire to be. I just want to treat people like like they're, they're one person. Except for internet people. You're not real people. I'm talking about in real life, okay? Ghosts, boo, ha. Um, that was really good. I ended up watching, um, what was left of the degenerates. So the degenerates is this comedy show and there's like six comedians per season. There's two seasons, I think. So I think there's 12 standups and I think they're about a half an hour each. I initially started watching that one because big Jay Okerson and, uh, Jim Norton (coughs) are both, um, on that and then I watched the rest and uh the only one I really liked I think out of that one was maybe I think her name was Lisa Traeger she was really funny kind of dark very monotoned um Nikki Glaser was okay you know she's like super cute and stuff but there's like a I'm super picky with comedians like my favorite comedian is Louis C.K. you know what I mean and that's just been it for years. And it's really, really hard to hold, hold a candle to him. And chick comedians generally are not very funny. Um, I don't find them very funny. They're not nearly as funny in the same way that guys are. And I'm, there really is a gimmick with girls. They always want to talk about their pussy or sex or something that not everybody can relate to. Except Nikki did talk about some dating stuff, which was a little bit more universal for both people. So that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into people who have like a, like the black comic who wants to make the black jokes, you know what I mean? Not a la Chris Rock, I'm talking about like, there's just something BET-ish about it, and it's much less comedy and much more BET. 
definitely not my thing. Like the less that people can relate to it and the more it becomes about a certain thing, the less funny it is. You know what I mean? But uh, hey, they're successful and they're making it. So good for them. I'm never hating on the hustle. These are just personal opinions. My dear ghosts. Um, Bill Hicks. <laughs> I watched some Bill Hicks because I was just like, you know what? Sometimes you just need a dose of the real shit. You know what I mean? And he always talked the real shit. And he was just kind of weird and an eccentric character. And he had a little bit of weird physical kind of stuff that accompanied his comedy. And uh, I just like him. I just thought Bill Hicks was very attractive and funny. So Revelations, Relentless, and Sane Man. I still have a few, couple more on there to catch up on. I watched Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones again, which was also really good. Um, he did another one. Um, Some Things on the Bird Revelations, which is really good. I can't believe I didn't write that. See, this is why I write shit down, because I don't forget. Um, yeah, the Bird Revelations one, it was really good. He talks about this entire scenario about the where this pimp, like, tricks... He tricks his hoe into staying with him a little while longer by getting her caught up in some like fake murder story. But he, he like the entire plot ends up revealing at the end or he reveals at the end that like it was a plan to get this girl caught up and keep her in the system with him. And he was kind of comparing that to the government and ta talking to black people like unless you do something and realize and snap out of it and wake up, you're always going to be part of the system that does this thing to you. But anyway, um, I love the way that he explained it. And he's a great storyteller, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is just someone who's always been so fun to listen to. He's he's such a brilliant and colorful and and just interesting character. He's very smart. And you could just tell. He's traveled. He's been around. The world either humbles you or makes you more of a cunt, right? And I guess it depends where you come from. To, to have that perspective of it being a blessing or it just being something you do because it's just something you do. And uh, he definitely has more of a well-rounded, worldly, vibrant kind of vibe about him. And I can listen to him talk about anything because he makes it funny. But the Bird Revelations was a lot more serious in tone. You know, it was a very small room. It was very intimate. So he was more kind of talking at people, but Man, who wouldn't want to listen to Dave Chappelle talk? I think, um, I'm not sure if he was coming here with Rogan on the 20th of April, which obviously is canceled now. It's been moved to October, apparently. But I know they've been touring. Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan. Um, <coughs> the Louis C.K. special is called Sincerely. And, uh... Just so you know, I'm one of the super cool kids who paid for it because I just felt like, yeah, I'm definitely going to pay. First of all, $8 is super cheap. <coughs> very, very cheap for an hour of Louis. You know what I mean? You're either be paying for it on Netflix, which I don't know if 2017 is still on there. I should check. Is Louis C.K. still on Netflix or did they completely remove him? Because if they did... They're probably not going to give him the rights to that special. Oh, it is. He is on Netflix still. Amazing. Perfect. Excellent. Anyways, this new one. Um, 
So I don't know if anybody heard the leaked set. That leaked set was about 90 minutes long and it had so many fucking harsh, heavy jokes in there. And obviously because the special was an hour, there had, there had to be a few things cut out. It was still good and it was still quality. I like that he addressed the elephant in the room. He does talk about the um, the allegations against him and he opens the show with awkward, uh, you know, he's like, how's your 2019 or 2018 been did anybody else get in global amounts of trouble (laughs) you know in his charming louis way and it was good he talked about you know like not really knowing his mom very well and like all these questions he would want to ask her and it was hysterical um rescue dogs versus buying a dog from when it's a puppy um a lot of fun stuff. I would highly recommend that one. And you know what? Go buy it, you dickheads. It's Aethora. It's only Aethora. You go buy it. I finished watching all nine seasons, not all in this one go. I've been watching them for a few months, but I was able to accelerate my watching experience. Um, I finished all nine seasons of The Office, the U.S. version, and I have to say that um, it was worth it. What a great show amazing cast, very interesting characters that they wrote, and uh, just just so good. I like those odd groups of people they put together. Speaking of odd groups, I also started watching Community again. I don't know if anybody knows about that show, but that was a Dan Harmon show that NBC aired, and it was so popular for a while. And I have this weird thing where when everybody else is watching something, I'm like, I don't want to watch it. I just don't feel like it. I just do not feel like it. <laughs> and then like two years after the finale is aired, I'm like, oh my God, I want to watch this show. I've been hearing crazy things about it. <laughs> I don't typically make time to do that stuff. But The Office is great. You know, it's like beat after beat after beat after beat. Bears, beats, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> really cute uh, little um, relationships. You got PB&J. Beasley and Halper, of course, the cutest couple on all of TV, I think, are Pam and Jim, and I love them so much. I am forever in search of my Jim Halpert. And um, then there's Dwight, Dwight Schrute, the beet farmer. I really love him and Jim together. They're always pranking each other, and then near the end, they become friends. It's so good. It's just such a good show. It's always fun to see just these really cantankerous kind of weird characters over the course of the show become endeared to each other in their weird quirky sort of ways because they are just they're just the kind of people who are resistant to like admitting that the people that they work with they actually really like but they they kind of act like they don't so yeah it's it's a good show. Uh, community is like that, too. It's just a group of oddball people. So random, right? Like Chevy Chase and Joel McHale. Well, I guess his name is um, Jeff. Jeff Britta. And uh, I can't even remember all the names. Annie and the really sweet Christian black lady. And then there's Chevy Chase and uh, Donald Glover. Abed. Abed is awesome. Abed is so great. I feel like everybody in their life needs an Abed. But that's just me. He's very, like, logical and calculates and... Let me puff this. I need a poof. Just a little bit. See? 
yeah anyways so yeah great great tv and generally i'm not big into tv because i just don't like the idea of sitting for hours and not doing anything but when you can't move it's absolutely perfect um one thing that i'm actually gonna finish watching today um that is so fucking good and so mm, it's just it hits you um i've been watching the there's a docuseries on netflix um, by Ken Burns and Lynn Novak, I think it's called. I should really give you the real good names here. <coughs> proper, okay? I'll give you proper information because it's right in front of me. The Vietnam War, a film by Ken Burns and Lynn Novak. For which, by the way, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross wrote the original score and the original music, which I didn't know, which just happened to be a serendipitous little thing that happened because I've just been super just head first dove into nine inch nails lately and Trent and I've been watching documentaries about him too and oh my god I'm just fascinated by that man I need to have just like a I always find a thing and then I always get really obsessed with it the good thing about Trent though is that he's kind of like there's no there's nothing that could get me near him not on the internet or not anything. So I, that can, it's like dead mouse, right? It was like, oh, good. It's good to be obsessed with the thing that is always going to be super far away from you so that you have a realistic idea of what that relationship is. You know what I mean? Like, you're a fan. Chill the fuck out. But yeah. Um, but anyways, back to this Vietnam docuseries. So there's 10 episodes. There's 10 episodes. They're an hour and a half to two hours each. They are so fucking intense. Like, I know of the Vietnam War. I know it happened. I just did not know anything about it. So I figured, you know what? It would probably be a very good idea to learn about this. And so I did. And so I learned about or have been learning and seeing about just uh, how horrific it is. I think um, I just finished episode nine last night and they, they said close to 60,000 Americans died. And this was in 19 by 1973 and about 2 million Vietnam because there, there was a war, the, the Viet, the Vietnamese were fighting each other, right? There was a, a communism, there was just this threat of communism that was so large. And then, of course, China and Russia were backing the communist regime in Vietnam. And it was just keeping the country divided. And originally, French, the French were in the south and the allies, well, they actually colonized Vietnam. And then they ended up withdrawing. And then, it, then the states was involved. The states was only there or the states was able to be there because they were obviously allies of the French. And then once the French were gone, the states kind of got involved and that whole thing happened and there was just all this unnecessary bombing and um you know these presidents the the JFKs and the Nixons and the the LBJs who kept saying that they were going to stop the war and and then it just the war just kept happening and they kept widening their bombing scope and it was just there were so many things happening at that time and we're over here freaking out because we just got a pandemic to deal with. You know what, bitch? I would much rather deal with 
I would much rather deal with a pandemic than a war like that. It is fucking horrific seeing those color pictures and images and videos of people getting shot and blown up because there were some really brave ass journalists back in the day. Hey, they were like running around in the middle of the war, taking video and like hiding behind trees and taking these amazing, horrific pictures of soldiers with their legs burnt off. There's this very famous picture um, when one of the the one of the towns got bombed by an airplane and this little girl is run has run away and out naked but her back is peeled because the bomb got her skin (coughs) she lived and she had a child and stuff and they showed her story after but we who live in 2020 are so fucking soft we're freaking out because we have to stay inside the house i mean i'm not the collective we you bitches not me People freaking out because, of course, you know, if you're on Reddit or if you're anywhere where you're reading what people are saying about anything, this is the the general sense I'm getting, you know. Um, people are tired of being at home. And it's like, hey, you be happy that this is the solution right now, that you get to be at home. Yes, it sucks we don't get to, well, you don't get to work. I'm super stoked to get to work. And I feel sorry for you motherfuckers out there who cannot work and who are stuck at home but also this is what we have to do right these people saw their families strewn across the street like there was a battalion that can't i can't remember malai i think it was called anyways the two generals or the two whatever the the leaders who ran that mission ordered people to shoot these people in the street. They raped the women and abused them. They fucking left mutilated children out on the street. We have not faced anything real. This is our real, this pandemic. You know what I mean? And like, it's it's kind of fucked up that people are not, like I watch this stuff now and I'm like, as much as this is really hard to watch and difficult to see, I'm glad that I saw it because it puts your life into perspective and what you have into perspective. When you see people living such simple lives, all they want to do is farm and all they want to do is handle their fucking families and their family. They're very family oriented in Vietnam. Like family is everything. If you don't have family in Vietnam, what are you? Right. And people are just with their families, taking care of their shit, farming, doing their thing and like just bombs, man. Bombs being dropped all over the place. And maybe you can say at some point (coughs) that the South needed assistance from America. But there were so many points where it was so clear that the war was unwinnable. Especially once China and Russia got involved. And just the, the inability for America to accept defeat. Which I understand why they couldn't right there were presidents who needed to win an election and it's crazy man it's crazy that you'd be willing to pay to get elected again in just bodies bodies lying to people about the bodies Mm -mm. human beings do have to die for progress and i do understand that that's just the cost of doing business but 
man, no wonder fucking people were so pissed off during that time. There were so many protests, and every time the protests happened, (coughs) everybody would get word that it's going to be fine. We're going to slow down the war. By this time, we're going to get out of the war. By this time, we're going to get out of the war. By this time, we will slow our efforts and bring them to a halt. By this time, by this time, and then you have Kent State University, and fucking students get shot for protesting against the war. What a fucking mess that now you're shooting your citizens. But apparently 51% of people in America who actually voted in those polls suggested or said (coughs) that they agreed with what what the troopers did, the state troopers, that shooting the students was the correct thing to do, which is fucking nuts, man. These students weren't even being violent at this point. They were just sitting and a couple of them got a little rowdy, but so what? Like, that that's how fucking, what, what did Dave Chappelle call it? That's a brittle spirit, you know? Like, I didn't look at it this way, but he mentioned the Colin Kaepernick thing where he kneeled um, during the, the national anthem. Where at first, I was like, fuck Colin Kaepernick. What a fucking bitch, blah, blah, blah. But, like, truly, he believed in what he was doing. And truly, if one person kneeling during the American national anthem bugs you so much, you are a brittle spirit. <laughs> and this is why you got to listen to people who have broader perspectives and who are way better than you as a person, because that's what you should aspire to be. You should aspire to think and understand what people are doing and understand that everyone has their own ego, their own emotions, their own shit they got to deal with. And yeah, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk shit. But I also recognize that people believe, when people believe they're doing something for the the greater good, that that's what they truly believe. And there's no way to prove that. But what we do know is that beliefs are incredibly strong. Beliefs are necessary in order to achieve goals. We need belief. We need delusion to a certain degree to, to be able to trick ourselves into telling ourselves we can do difficult things. Because all the people who did the most difficult things in the world believed in some heinous shit. But that heinous shit was part of the thing that helped them get there. It was an object towards achieving their goal. And that's why belief and delusion are very tricky things. And you have to be very aware of how much you turn those knobs. Because you can either be the type of person who accomplishes something in a real way and helps people without having any crazy ideas or you have all the crazy ideas and you just gas out and it works until it doesn't, doesn't it? Something that Tim Dillon said, these people who work in the government, they're not thinkers, they're doers, they're not contemplative people. They do things, they just continuously do things and it works until it doesn't anymore. And, uh, Some people just got a good run of luck, man. If you're in a good place at a good time and you're making decisions that just happen to work out, it's partially luck. But you know, that's kind of an uncomfortable thing for people to recognize that luck plays so much more of a part in our lives than we we want to give it credence because we just want to blame people for everything and not have a humane kind of understanding of each other and just let each other do what we're going to do, you know? Unless it's directly hurting somebody, you should just be able to do that. But anyway, yeah, this Vietnam documentary, docuseries, whatever you want to call it. um, Very good. Very intense. 
And I'm super sensitive to that stuff. And generally, that's a reason I don't watch the news is because when bad things are happening, they bother me a lot. And I, I wish I could fix it. And then I have to tell myself I can't. And I'm just one person. And I got to give myself that pep talk of like, yo, girl, get real. What is this? A feather? From my down, from my down comforter that just feathers all day feathers feathers all day I have a cover for it and somehow those feathers still come out goose down feels really nice but that feathery shit is super annoying (coughs) let me blow my nose Ew. Did you see that boogie? That was so gross. Mm. It just doesn't stop, right? Like, you're, I just don't understand how this makes so many nasties. Is it all gone? Do I got no more boogies? No more boogies. No, we're good. That boogie really wanted to dance, so I put it in a tissue. <laughs> Being sick is just, you know. But anyways, I would highly recommend that documentary. It's beautifully made. There's so many interviews with people from it. It's so crazy to see that there were survivors during that war. You know, Vietnamese people coming and talking and just like really old people. And you see them and you can see that some of these people don't even look that old. Considering they went through a fucking war that lasted how long? They look pretty damn good for their age. It's pretty fantastic. Um to see that and it's it's so crazy to hear them talk about like how much they hated their own people that they were in they were in war with them constantly and like being at this age now and being like what was the fucking point of that all we did was fucking kill each other for what we were killing our own people we didn't even care about the americans there were cute little things throughout that documentary too like one of the one of the Vietnamese gentlemen was like, we like the Americans. They always left uh, an easy trail for us to follow. They would they would smoke their cigarettes and they would drop the butts on the ground and they would make it so easy for us to track them. Crazy. You would never even think of that, right? I certainly wouldn't. Obviously, none of those guys did. They made no effort into, like, hiding their cigarette butts. Like, not a single person thought that maybe it would make it easier for the Vietnamese to find where they are if they were just hacking butts and and flicking their butts everywhere. Come on, yo. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Wild shit. Um, the other thing that I watched that I thought was kind of crazy was uh, Don't Fuck With Cats. That is a very interesting, I think it was four episodes. Let's see. Let's take a look, guys. Let me give you facts. Facts, okay? Where is it? Don't fuck with cats. Don't. Oops. There it is. Don't fuck with cats. I'm going to add that to my list just because I've seen it. So there's three episodes. They're, yeah, about an hour each. And the the premise of this one is that it all started with this kid who posted this video, by the way, Canadian, who posted this video of himself 
you can't really see his face very well, so that's what's amazing about it. He puts these cats in a vacuum seal bag, and then he vacuums the air out. He kills them, obviously. Puts the um, the kittens in the fridge. It's it's really it's really a disturbing and just odd video. And there was this these people on the internet who saw it. And then they were, they got pissed off because they're like, oh my God, you know, animal rights activist types. And, um, well, the, the lady was anyway, you know, the guy that she ended up teaming up with was, he just wanted to, he just probably liked the thrill of it. That's what it seemed like to me. But the idea was, so he puts this video out and then he liked a video and they figured out that there was some sort of hint in there. And they started following this person to see where they where they could find him or or how or what. They spent all this time. They created a Facebook group. I'm like, I think two years before this guy got caught, they were actually trying to warn the police department about it. But they kind of follow the story where this this internet group is following this kid. And then you see the police lag behind shortly afterward following this kid. And then, then they start working together, the Montreal Police Department and this Facebook group. And they end up finding this guy and he fled somewhere to Europe. And it was, it's just a crazy story, right? Like anybody can make a video <clears throat> and put that shit on YouTube and it might not even be real. And you could barely see this kid's face. But they're like, hey, look at this part. Look at this part in the video. Look at this part in the video. We could find out where it is based on this and this and this. And they did all this crazy detective work to find this kid. And he finally got arrested after he stabbed to death a person. So these internet people, as soon as they saw this cat video, figured, okay, what's going to happen is this is going to get worse. This kid's going to do something else that's not very good. So we got to find him and we got to stop him before he does it. And then the second video came out where he's like stabbing the dude and sawing off his body parts and stuff. And I don't even understand how he kept that bed clean because when they came into the apartment that he did all that stuff in, it was clean. There was no blood anywhere. Well, the blood was on the bed, but they didn't see it until they brought like a, a, a special kind of light. It wasn't a UV light. It was something else. And they saw blood on the bed. Listen, kids, this is fucked up. <laughs> there are fucked up people on, on the planet. Anyways, it's an interesting, fun three-part thing, which I enjoyed as well. I I often wonder what it is. What is the the allure with serial killers. I often don't watch that shit because again, like I said, I'm super sensitive. So I kind of freak out, especially when I'm watching alone in the dark. I start thinking like, is my door locked? Are my windows locked? Like it, nothing's going to happen to me, but it just, it puts this certain fear in your heart. And then there's the, the, the music, right? They have the really high note violin playing and it's just, it's almost nails on a chalkboard. Like your teeth hurt. It's that music that makes you feel uncomfortable and makes your teeth hurt. So yeah, that's that was the kind of thing it was. Shit's making my teeth hurt. But I can't stop watching it. I cannot stop. I want to see what this fucking psychotic person does. And like, I think I was talking to Sean about this, right? About it. And he's like, if there's something about like, just doing whatever it is you want to do with no regard for anything that might be part of the allure. Maybe. Maybe 
there's something about disturbing shit that we just like, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't sit through it and watch it. But anyways, ghosties, my ghosties, my ghosty bitches, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're quarantining okay. Um, definitely watch what I recommended because it was good, I promise you. If nothing else, do watch the Dave Chappelle Bird Revelations. Equanimity and Bird Revelations, that's what it was. It's really good. Okay, Bill Hicks too. If you want a, a dose of just, sometimes you need to feel like you're a little less crazy um, because when you listen to really smart people talk, they kind of share the same ideas. And that's how I feel comforted in the world right now is listening to Tim Dillon and some Joe Rogan. And, um, what else have I been listening to? I've been listening to, um, Dan Carlin actually just came up with a new common sense podcast, which was fucking fantastic. I've been watching old episodes of Cosmos with Carl Sagan, and those make me cry like a fucking bitch because something about him is just so powerful and and like he so sincere. I love sincerity. That's something that I feel is missing, right? I mean, I'm pretty much bitched about that the whole last episode. Like, fucking get really tired of people just pretending or feigning sincerity to like the just enoughs. These motherfucking just enoughs. Here's the last fucking rant, okay? Because I can't stand people like this. I don't want to be this person. But if you're stuck around a bunch of just enoughs, they're going to make you work within the paradigm of just enough. And what you're doing is going to feel like too much. And then I'm insecure about like, am I, I'm, I'm just, I don't fit here. There's something I'm doing that is too much or too little, or I can't seem to find a balance because I don't know if anyone's being real with me or what's happening here. But when I'm, when I'm like, I'm done, I don't want to deal with it. Then people are like, um, hi, um, hi. I didn't even want to tell people I was sick because I knew that's when people would start asking, oh, are you okay? Do you need anything? No, bitch. You could have asked me on a regular, regular day, but you had to wait till I'm fucking sick to ask me if I'm okay. You don't fucking care. <laughs> and I hate how people pretend that they care. So now I'm like, my, my efforts are going to be very minimal in anything I engage in. That's just how it's going to be. Going darker into the darkness. Because I must do that. Whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do anyways. And we'll just see what happens. I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes saying things out loud and being definitive about them will make them come true, like the secret or some shit. Like, it's so fucking dumb. And then I have to remind myself, like, hey, asshole, just because you say something out loud doesn't mean you're going to do it. And that's everybody else, too. So, actions speak louder than words. Fuck the just enoughs. And, um... Don't let them drain your energy if you want to be more than just enough. If you want to have better, meaningful, good connections, you have to do things that aren't perfunctory. And you know what? Ideally, all the kind of above and beyond, not even above and beyond, like wanting to know how someone's day is and how they're doing is not above and beyond. If you care about someone, you should want to know those things. If I don't have small talk with you, the deep talk is whatever. I want, I want all of it, you know? Go with the flow shit. I want to be able to talk about anything and everything uncensored, not trying to keep quiet, not worried about how you're going to manage my reaction and not managing your reaction. I want to be able to get into arguments healthily. I want to be able to disagree with you because we're going to disagree about things. 
without having a fight about it. Just talking about it factually. Look, this is why I disagree with you. There's no emotion here. And every interaction I, I have, I want to have social value, you know, social value and emotional correction if necessary. But it's too much of an ask and I understand that. So I'm just going to sit in my hole and listen to people who I get value from and listen to people who have been in wars and who have actually done shit with their lives and maybe be encouraged through that and think that there was a point in, t- in time at some point where people gave a shit, where people actually gave a fuck about their families and they and they cared to know just because they know it's good for your well-being and it's good for mine to actually have a good interface with each other, a good interaction. I don't know why I keep using this word interface, but I like it. How you interface with reality, you know, user interface is something people are very familiar with because of their cell phones and like, it's like looking at the world in the same kind of way something you're interfacing with but anyway that's today that's right now that's whatever who knows what i'll say tomorrow probably some contradictory shit i don't know dog i talk a lot of shit i'm just gonna say whatever i want to say in the moment that i feel and that always changes and uh, i ain't over here trying to pretend i'm some consistent motherfucker the only thing i'm consistent at is being inconsistent And I'm cool with that, except when it comes to how I deal with problems. That I would like to be super duper at. Okay, future self, are you listening? Because you're not talking to anybody but yourself, you big (laughs) dum-dum. That's it. Happy quarantining, guys. Bye!